right. Well, we are going to jump in quick uh, because the, the clock continues to move, but that's okay. It will only be about another hour or so uh, together. Hey, today, in a moment, we're going to jump into John chapter 14. We've been in this series entitled, I Need Help. Come on, can you say those three words with me? I need help. And what we've been looking at is the call that we have to receive some help. Jesus reminded us that he's going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And we have access to that. Over the last number of weeks, we've talked about the dynamic that we need help to see, and the Holy Spirit helps us see. A number of weeks ago, we had our friend J.P. Dorsey with us, and he talked about how the Holy Spirit has some good news for doubters, because the Holy Spirit helps us with our doubt. We talked about how the Spirit helps us start over and begin again. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the dynamic that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us find a way out of drought. And today, over the next few minutes, I want to share a message with you entitled, Help Me Navigate Life. Help Me Navigate Life. You know, I'm thankful that we live in a time period where there's such incredible resources. And one of those resources that we have is our smartphones. In fact, Mick, could you run me my, my smartphone really quick? Uh, also known as an iPhone. I feel like I'm 60 years old when I call it a smartphone. But, you know, these things, as much as they're a blessing, how many know sometimes they can be a little bit frustrating as well? But one of the technological advances that happened is a number of years ago, they decided to put a digital assistant on this device. And so every now and then, she's supposed to be helpful, and so I, I can say something to her. I'll say, hey, Siri, and she'll be like, yes? And I'll, I'll say something like this. This just happened a, a number of days ago. I said, hey, Siri, call Andy Rosas. And Siri waited a second, and then Siri said, what do you want to know about Amber Soley? <laughs> I was like, no, I... I said, call, and does anybody, your tone changes the second time you have to say something to Siri? I said, call Andy Rosas. What do you want to know about Amber Soli? I'm like, no, just stop. And maybe you've done this, hey Siri, give me directions to, and you started driving where you thought you were supposed to go, and Siri gave you some bad directions. You see, I call this uh, navigation fights. In fact, I often do this with GPS, maybe you can identify, where GPS will tell me this is the route you need to go, this is when you can expect to arrive, and I'll look at it at times and say, you know what, I think I can beat that. <laughs> I think I know, but anybody else ever make that into a game? Like, I, th I think I can do better than you. Well, here's the good news. One of the great minds and business leaders of our generation demonstrated this tension so well for us not too long ago. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Scott. Okay. I, I absolutely love that moment and, and Let's be honest, sometimes navigating life feels a little bit like that, where we, we take some direction or we take the route we think we should go, 
and life feels like it ends up in a lake somehow, and we weren't planning on it. And I know there's times, whether it's, you know, for real in GPS and and navigating things, or whether it's navigating things like kids, like bills, like the pace of life, there's this need and this desire in each one of our lives to, to find the right direction. Here's what I know. Life is not consistent. There's going to be bends and turns. There's going to be detours. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Trust me, you will hit some potholes. You will hit some speed bumps. Life is not consistent, but I have some good news for you today. Jesus is. Jesus is always consistent. And so when it comes to navigating life, there's some good news for us. The Holy Spirit is available. The Holy Spirit is available to to help us navigate day-to-day living. Not just a few minutes on Sunday morning. He's here to lead us and guide us, but we must understand this. The Spirit's leading is connected to my listening. The Spirit's leading in your life is connected to your listening in life. You see, what this means is that each of us can have and can receive the help of the Holy Spirit in navigating life's ups and downs. But don't miss this, because without listening to the Spirit, I can't be led by the Spirit. This is huge. Because many of us, we, we want to somehow magically end up in the right destination while we ignore the directions. We end up a little bit in spaces and places in life, like driving into a lake and wondering, how did we get led here? Clearly, God, you must not be on my side. But the reality is, it wasn't God's directions that were off. Maybe it was our listening that was off. We need to understand the right destination is always tied to the right directions. And so for those of us who who want to somehow get to the destination that God has for us, it's dependent on our listening. So consider this question. What is the source that you're going to? Where are you looking to, to find the information to navigate life? Some of us, We spend time listening to the world around us. If we're honest, sometimes we listen to our own flesh, our own sin nature, our own desires, and and we look at that leading and where it's gotten us to, and if you've followed those directions, you know it ultimately leads to more brokenness, more disappointment. See, the Spirit will always lead us to a place that's best for us in alignment with what God desires. Consider Jesus' words in John chapter 14 today. John 14. Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. This is taking place in the upper room just hours away before Jesus will be betrayed, arrested, crucified, and buried. 
And he's reminding his disciples, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. You aren't going to have to try to navigate the days ahead in your own strength. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him, and I will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep. Can you say keep? He will keep my word. See, this is important because depending on the primary voice that you listen to, it will tell you one of two things about obedience to Jesus. If you listen to the world, your sin nature to your flesh, guess what? Obedience will sound like legalism. Well, that's just a bunch of legalistic thinking. That's just a bunch of law. But understand, when you listen to the voice of the Spirit, guess what the Spirit reminds us obedience to Jesus is? It's love. It's not legalism. It's, it's a joyful response to what he's done for us. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Let that sink in. God literally says, I'm not only going to be around you, I'm going to live in you. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, notice the capital C, it's a proper name. The Greek word is paraclete, which is translated counselor, advocate, or helper. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. A number of weeks ago, I was talking to one of my new friends. She's been coming to Life Center for a few months. And she's really been exploring this, this journey of following Jesus. She wasn't really sure, maybe a little bit skeptical, had, had a lot of questions, but I remember the day she walked up to me following one of the gatherings. She had this big smile on her face. She said, hey, Tyler, guess what? I said, what? She goes, I finally did it. I was like, you finally did what? She said, I finally surrendered and I put my trust in Jesus. And I was like, that is awesome. Man, that's the best decision ever. And she looked at me with, with a serious look. She goes, but now what do I do? And I thought that was such a great question. Because far too many Christians see saying yes to Jesus as the finish line. And it really is just the starting line. And I looked at her with a smile on my face and said, listen, 
now begins this lifelong journey of joyfully following and obeying Jesus as he works in you and through you by his spirit. But again, so many of us are like, now what do I do? We, we think it's just about our activity, but understand, it's about that connection to the Spirit because the Spirit wants to lead you and guide you and help navigate life. But how is it that the Spirit actually does that? Jesus points out three things that I want us to notice on how the Spirit helps us navigate life. He said it right there in John chapter 14. Number one is this, the Spirit takes up residence. Can you say residence? Jesus said in verse 23, we are going to make our home with you, in you. See, how is it that you view relationship with the Holy Spirit? I know some of us, maybe we grew up in religious settings where the Holy Spirit wasn't really talked about, or maybe when he was, somebody addressed him kind of like your weird uncle that you hope didn't show up at holidays. Oh, I hope the Holy Spirit doesn't show up because it gets a little crazy. See, depending on your, your background, you're going to have different thoughts about how you relate to or engage in relationship with the Holy Spirit. But understand, the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus reminds us that he is going to live in us, literally take up residence. This is, this is radically different than how many people approach relationship with the Spirit. Because many people assume that they can just kind of show up at the Spirit's house every so often, like every seven days. Oh, got to go to church. You know, that's where we meet the Holy Spirit. And although that, that may be true, it's very incomplete. Why? Because the Spirit has taken up residence in the life of every follower of Jesus. Some of us, we understand that dynamic, but, but we approach relationship with the Spirit a little bit different. We invite the Holy Spirit over to, to our place when it's convenient for us. And so sometimes we, we welcome them in, like, like this morning during worship, and we're like, here I am, you can have it all, and then... Maybe we have a really tough meeting at work tomorrow and we don't want to have to function in the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we're like, hey, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go ahead and have you go over there for a minute because I have to have a hard conversation at work. But understand, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God has taken up residence in your life. What this means, quite literally, my heart is his home. Your heart is his home. Tyler, that, that sounds nice, but where's your biblical anchor for that? 1 Corinthians 3.16. Paul writes these words to a group of Jesus followers, and he reminds them, don't you yourselves know that you are God's what? Temple. At this point, the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. Many of the followers of Jesus who were Jewish were having this identity crisis. Where is God now if the temple, the physical temple is gone? And, and Paul's like, no, 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 you don't get it. You are God's temple. What this means, Life Center, is that as we send this gathering out today, 
There is literally temples in Tacoma flooding streets, neighborhoods, and communities. We are carriers of God's presence. Why? Because the Spirit has taken up residence. Paul says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's Spirit lives in you? What this means is that the counselor, he lives with you and he lives in you. And if we're honest, the the thought that the, the universe's greatest counselor and greatest therapist actually living with us can be a little bit unnerving. Because can you imagine, some of you, maybe your spouse is a counselor or a therapist and you feel like they're always trying to shrink you. They're always trying to figure you out. Well, why did you say that in that way, in this way? And here's what I know. If, if you have a counselor, if you don't like how they counsel you, you can distance yourself. You can kind of fire them. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you can't shake the Holy Spirit that easy. He'll continue to speak to you. He'll continue to remind you. But the challenge is, are we listening? Because we can close our ears. We can choose to, to refuse that voice. But God has put his spirit in us. Why? So that we have a connection to him, his voice, for navigating day-to-day life. He takes up residence. But second thing he does, what does he do? He brings revelation. Can you say revelation? He brings revelation. Jesus said it this way in verse 26, that the spirit will teach you Here's what I know. There are things that we don't know that we need to learn. And yet our learning is connected to our listening. The Spirit wants to reveal truth, but but are we willing to listen? This is so important. There's this story in the Old Testament. Eli is the high priest in Israel, and there's this young boy who was dedicated to God, and he grew up in the temple. His name was Samuel. He'd become one of God's prophets. And Samuel has this moment where both he and Eli, they, they go to sleep one night. Eli's in his room. Samuel's in the other room there in the temple. And Samuel hears this voice call out to him, Samuel, Samuel, and he assumes it's Eli. And so he runs over to Eli and says, here I am. You called me? And Eli says, why are you waking me up? Go back to the other room. Samuel goes and lays down. It happens a second time. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel jumps up, runs back to Eli. You call? No, I didn't call you. Trying to get some shut-eye around here. Samuel goes back, lays down. Happens a third time, and Eli realizes God is trying to get Samuel's attention. But Samuel doesn't know it's God. Why? Because God's voice hasn't yet been revealed to him. So Samuel tells, or Eli tells Samuel rather to go lay down once again and God calls out Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel's response is beautiful. I think it inspired the words of the song we were singing earlier today because he says, here I am, Lord. Speak to your servant. Here I am. Speak. And what does God do? God brings revelation. God brings revelation. You see, I want you to consider for a moment, Life Center, when was the last time that God revealed something to you? 
When was the last time that, that God, through his spirit speaking to you, actually illuminated, brought to light? He, he taught you something that you did not know. Has it been a long time? And, and I'm not just talking about hearing an audible voice, because let's be honest, those moments are very rare even in Scripture. I'm talking about when was the last time that, that God revealed something to you through Scripture, revealed something to you in the midst of a conversation with a friend or a spiritual leader. He revealed something to you with that nudge or that still small voice. When was the last time the Spirit of God revealed something? It's important for me to to give some clarity about this. Why? Because I think we have to be careful to discern what is actually God speaking to us and what is the pepperoni pizza. Because some of us, we were certain it was God, but let's be honest, it wasn't us, it was our emotions. And so how do we actually test revelation? This is so incredibly important. Understand, number one is this, what the Spirit reveals will never contradict Scripture. So if you feel like God's Spirit is speaking to you, but it goes against, it's in opposition to what Scripture says, guess what? That's not the Holy Spirit. I've had this conversation with people before, followers of Jesus, and they're like, well, Tyler, I just feel like God really said that this is okay, and I'm like, okay, I love you, but no, why? Because God already made his will clear on that issue, and well-intentioned Christians People who, they want to be led by God, but the problem is the louder voice is either their own flesh or the world around them. They will at times say things like, well, well, Tyler, I just, you know, when I look at Jesus, he, he never judged anybody. You sure about that? Because what, what was it that got him nailed to the cross? It wasn't that he was just patty caking and high-fiving everybody. See, there's times that, that Jesus will speak truth that we don't necessarily want to hear, but, but this is important. Number one, God's revelation, how the Spirit will speak to us, will never contradict his word, amen? But also, understand this, what the Spirit reveals will always honor and draw glory to Jesus. If it's just about drawing glory to yourself, Probably not the Spirit speaking. It will always bring glory and honor to Jesus. But don't miss this third thing. This is important. What the Spirit reveals will always be for your good, even when it doesn't feel good. Now, I know that's a tough word. Because the moment, many of us, the, the moment that God says something to us that would require some discipline or us maybe setting aside what we crave or what we desire, what our appetites are telling us to go after, all of a sudden we are like, well, that must not be God. Because God wants me to be happy. That, God's ultimate reason for existence is that I would be happy. Listen, I love you. I'm not angry. But that's not God's ultimate reason for existence. And in fact, God is more concerned with you becoming holy than you just living happy. God wants to transform us. 
And so understand, the Spirit will always speak in alignment with God's Word. It will always bring glory to Jesus. But don't miss this. The Spirit will always work for our good, even when it doesn't feel good. That means there's times that that we're going to have to operate in discipline. We're going to have to step out by faith. And those moments don't always feel good, but they always work for our good. So the Holy Spirit, he takes up residence. The Holy Spirit, he, he gives revelation. But the third way that the Holy Spirit helps us navigate life is he gives us reminders. He gives us reminders. Jesus said, the Spirit is going to remind you of everything I have said. Now, here's what's important to understand. There are things that we know and things that we simply just need to be reminded of. Things that we need to be reminded of. Often, it's not something that we need to learn that's new. We just need to be reminded of what we've forgotten or what we're choosing to ignore. Every now and then, Amber and I will will have this conversation where I'll look at her and I'll say, hey, can you help me to remember? Or she'll say it to me and my my go-to response is, hey, you know there's somebody who lives in your phone who is actually in existence to help you remember that. Siri. And so, you know, we'll say, hey, Siri, remind me at three o'clock that I have to do this. Or remind me tomorrow to do this. But here's the breakdown with Siri. Siri will only remind you of what you tell her to remind you of. God's Spirit's different. Because God's Spirit will remind you what you need that you have forgotten, that you've lost sight of, that, that you have maybe been ignoring. See, being reminded of things that maybe at some point we had learned, but we've lost sight of them. That's what God's Spirit desires to do. We need help navigating life. And the good news is God looks at our need and says, I got you. The helper. The helper is going to take up residence in you. The helper is going to bring revelation to you. The helper is going to remind you. You see, the Spirit's leading, though. It's, it's connected to our listening. So I want to do this today. I'm going to invite you across this room. Would you, would you close your eyes just for a moment? Why do I do that? Does it make it more spiritual? No, it just helps us not to be distracted for a second. And I would invite you, we're, we're going to practice this right now. Because this prayer we're about to pray, you can pray this every single day. But we're going to invite the Spirit to help lead us, and we're going to remind ourselves that we need to listen. So maybe you just want to stretch those hands out in front of you. Maybe you just want to repeat these words with me. Say, Holy Spirit, live in me. Take up residence in my life. Holy Spirit, teach me. Bring me revelation. Help me understand what I don't know. Holy Spirit, remind me. Remind me of what I forget and the truth I need to hear. Holy Spirit, lead me. Help me navigate my life every day. 
Holy Spirit, I pray in this moment that we would be reminded that allowing you to lead us each and every day is really that simple. It's pausing, it's creating space, margin for you to speak. It's reminding us that you take up residence in our lives. It's being aware of the fact that you want to bring revelation. It's, it's listening and responding to the reminders that you bring of the truth that's already been revealed. Holy Spirit, thank you that you lead us for our good, even at times where it doesn't necessarily feel good. Thank you that you lead us in alignment with scripture. Thank you that as you reveal truth to us, it always brings glory to Jesus. I pray that we would be a people who are led by you in every single moment. And Lord, we celebrate with those who earlier today, they put their trust in you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill every heart in this room, that our lives would be saturated by you, that, that we would lean in and listen to how you're helping us navigate. Lord, for those who have been burdened and stressed, they're weary from the journey of life, I pray that today there'd be a new liberty and freedom understanding that it's not just about them trying to figure out the next turn. But God, you saw it fit to take up residence in our lives. Thank you that you live with us. Thank you how you continue to lead us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, I'm gonna to invite our ushers to make their way forward. As I talked about earlier, we have an opportunity today to partner with Life Center Cares. And one of the things that we're highlighting this month is really a very practical, tangible need. I talked about how the C in Cares stands for compassion. And as you just take a moment and watch this video, I would ask you to pray this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, what part do you want me to play? today. Check out this video. Welcome to the Live Center Cares Pantry. We've got all our volunteers here. We're just starting to unload our trip from Tuckwill. Our Mondays is anywhere from 60 to 80 families that we're feeding that have got little ones. We try to have a variety of foods for them. We bag them up and we pass that out. We have a manor um, group of folks, 42 units down at the manor that we do a separate bag of food for. We have the tiny homes, which we bring food over to the tiny homes and we feed them lunch every Thursday. Many different tiny homes in different communities, but the one we're focusing on is a small unit that is mostly people that have even been living in their cars, found themselves homeless, but they've got children. So we wanna make sure we're helping them get a foot up. And we are blessed each week on a Monday, not knowing what we're gonna get. This is free. All we gotta do is go up to Tuckwell and pick it up. 
So once we dump that load from the truck, we come on in here and then we're putting things on the shelves. So here at Central, you might not even know this, but 211 is on the side and we have been here stuffing this room full of food and it's under CARES Ministry here at Life Center Central. So we're blessed to have something on this campus that's partnering for all three of our campuses to be a little bit different. Each campus is different. This one we call the Food Pantry and we love being here and the volunteers love doing this, right? <laughs> We are blessed to have this Rainier truck, but we are really needing a van. If we had a cargo van, we'd be able to make trips up and back and forth at least three, four times a week. It's all free food. And we also get to pick up from World Vision, and that takes a van, and I've been borrowing my sister's. And we are in desperate need of a van that's dependable, and we would be using it every day, every week. So today, we're gonna just receive a special second offering for Life Center Cares. Again, our goal is to provide a cargo van for the ministry that's taking place throughout the week. We have resources that we're able to get, but there's a box truck for the food bank down at our Rainier campus. It's problematic getting that up here. And this is a way that we can mobilize compassion to families right here in Pierce County. And so today, I'm going to invite the ushers to pass those buckets. I would ask that you just consider, Lord, what part do you want me to play? Invite the Spirit to give direction in that. And I want to say thank you for your generosity in that. Again, for those who are maybe newer to Life Center, Life Center Cares is expressed in multiple ways. You can get involved both in your giving, but also in your going. As well, I want to remind those of you who are maybe newer to Life Center, Today, immediately following this gathering in Gray Chapel, we have a connection point called Start Here. It's just going to take a few moments, but if you're looking to get more information about who we are, what we believe, what we do as Life Center, this is a great starting point and a great next step for you. So swing by Gray Chapel, which is just right out in our foyer, and the team will help connect you and make you more aware of what this place really is all about. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet today. Would you do that? And as you stand, I'm going to welcome some of our pastors and prayer team. They'll be available up front if we can pray with you about anything today. We would love to be able to do that. You know, as we're preparing to be sent from this place, it's so critical. It's so important for us to remember, we don't just go to church. We what? We are the church. And so let's go as a church that understands we have the spirit to help us navigate this week, all right? So have a great week. God bless. We'll see you soon. Take care.